Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with Dale Falwell, our state treasurer. He was elected to that office in 2016. He has announced that this is his last term. Uh, Previous to that, uh, Dale was a four-term member of the North Carolina House of Representatives, including two years as Speaker Pro Tem, and that uh, gave him a great uh, leg up on how to deal with the General Assembly when he became treasurer. Uh, Dale, one of the things that you've talked about on this program many times is uh, one of your many responsibilities of your department is fighting fraud. And we have that going on. Of course, everyone has that going on. Retailers have shoplifting and shrinkage, and there's just all sorts of different ways that people conspire to make money illegally. But one of the systems that uh, you worry about, of course, is the pension system. And when someone gets a pension payment that they're not due, it takes away from those who are due. The same thing is true with disability overpayment. So let's talk about what you're doing in that regard to bring that under control. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of what I'm getting ready to say uh, goes back to my uh, position as the Assistant Secretary of Commerce, where I inherited uh, one of the most broken, broken unemployment systems in the United States. And I hope this doesn't air on Sunday morning and I probably shouldn't use this word, but, you know, we kind of sucked at, at getting money to people. We paid people money that didn't deserve it and we didn't pay people money that did deserve it. And, uh, you know, if you think about the unemployment system and being in the check delivery business, you can extend what I just said to the, the pension system, which is, you know, billions, many times, many billions of dollars larger. Uh, we have responsibility as, as it being the check delivery business to make sure that we get checks to people who, who do deserve it, especially in this period of time where we have the majority of people who are connected with these pension plans, not just state employees, National Guard, firefighters, uh, the legislators, uh, legislators, uh, judges, register of deeds, uh, local employees that work for local government, uh, all these people behind their faith and their family and their their personal health. Uh, the two most the most important thing is their safety and security of this pension plan. And we need to make sure whether it's in Wall Street fees and people overcharging us or ESG policies where people are trying to politicize our money, which is another form of, of taking money out of the system. Uh, as the keeper of the public purse, we need to make sure if anybody has their hand on the, the pension till, uh, that it's because it's supposed to be there. And we also find this in the disability system uh, also. And as a legislator, I found this in the workers' comp system. Uh, people are, I've found in this, uh, in my time, are are interested in just solving problems, attacking problems and not attacking people. I think people are very interested in doing the just thing on the front end. So there's not as much need for charity on the back end. Um, and I think that people get really chapped that's a nice word for a Sunday morning, uh, really chapped, uh, especially when they hear of public servants who are embezzling or creating or or committing some other crime while they're public service duty and earning pension credit while they're doing it. And that's why we have a pension forfeiture policy uh, that allows us to go in and take away somebody's pension um, for the time that they were convicted of uh, in the pension system. And to tell you to put a sort of a bow on what I said earlier and that things that are dividing our society right now, which is political party, gender and and race. The first two people that I had to apply our pension 
uh, forfeiture law to. One is somebody I served with, a fellow Republican in the North Carolina Senate. Uh, the second person is the uh, convicted embezzling registered deeds of Wake County, another Republican. So we don't pick and choose which laws to apply or who to apply them to. So this is serious business when it comes to fraud. Uh, and we also have tremendous fraud going on in our health care system. Uh, we have unbelievable fraud that has gone on in our HOPE program uh, where people were getting money for mortgages uh, who didn't even have a mortgage. Uh, or weren't even a landlord. Uh, tremendous amounts of fraud uh, going on uh, across all those systems. And it's just important for your listeners to realize that we know how to spell the word and we have a, we have a good nose for when, when we detect something. And, and I, I will say this, and I really hope it comes across. Uh, Don, you can't imagine you can't imagine the work that the fraud that bank tellers prevent every day that they never get credit for uh, because they're used to these customers. Uh, they've helped us solve some crimes before. Uh, they've given us a call uh, when something just doesn't look right or smell right. So this fraud is not just in the healthcare system. It's not in the PPP loans that people got that they shouldn't have got gotten. It's not in just there, but it's in banking and it's across our spectrum. And, um, it's, it's just one of those ways that the world is coming at your listeners so quickly in so many ways that it's hard for them to even comprehend. And that's what exhausts them. Exhaust them. Give us a, an example of how someone would uh, work the disability overpayment uh, scam. An example of that is to get somebody to sign off on the fact that they're disabled or they go on disability and, um, you know, because they can't do their job, but they're out actually uh, mowing grass or climbing ladders. Um, and it's, it's all those kinds of things. And, you know, we have a medical review board. Uh, but the fact is, is that, as you know, anytime you follow the money, you're probably going to get these this type of reaction. And I can say this, uh, not only as the former Assistant Secretary of Commerce, uh, where we had to not only pay off $2.7 billion of unemployment debt and build a billion dollar surplus in record time, uh, but that system was also broken in terms of people getting unemployment checks that didn't deserve them, and the people that did deserve them didn't get it. On these PPP loans, as you might remember, the money ran out. And so there are people who did not get the PPP loans that actually deserved them when there were people uh, who got them that, in my opinion, didn't deserve them, whose revenues did not go down and and his, his business activity did not decrease. So it, it's, it's across the spectrum, uh, but our job is to ask the tough questions. It makes a lot of powerful people mad when I ask tough questions, but as the keeper of the public purse, uh, that's my job, and I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of great treasurers who also have asked the tough questions over the years. Well, you know, I think one of the things that uh, uh, the honest citizen sometimes does is they look at uh, someone who they might think is abusing the system, but they think, okay, well, they're cheating the government. Well, actually, they're, they're cheating the honest taxpayer because yeah. the bills are going to have to be paid. And so if someone gets payments that they're not due, that's coming from money from people who are paying taxes and doing what is right and being honest. And that's the vast majority of the people. We might, might want to mention yeah. that. But and, uh, and, so and, you're, and, and, and Don, people... People feel people feel violated uh, when you know 
when I'm at, at, at a yoga class and, and somebody pulls into a handicapped parking place and gets out of the car and goes in there and, and does headstands. I mean, it, there's something not right about that. And, uh, or, uh, in, you know, in the situation I was talking about earlier where people just get, you know, checks that they don't deserve or somebody breaks in your car uh, for no reason. Uh, and these are all, uh, examples of how people feel violated and how exhausted they are at things coming, the world coming at them so quickly, they can't quite comprehend it. And, um, that's why we've built a culture of conservatism and common sense and courtesy at the treasurer's office, not only uh, doing everything we could to stay open during the shutdowns of COVID so that we remain in the check delivery business, uh, but also creating a culture where when we have any of our state employees that sense or discovers anything like this, uh, they know that they have an open door to me to, to do what we need to do to get to the bottom of it. Well, here's something we talk about very often in this program, and it's well worth repeating time and time again, and that's uh, where you are holding money that belongs to someone else because uh, whoever owed the money couldn't find them or whatever, so they are, by law, required to turn it into the state treasurer. It's unclaimed cash, and you have uh, been very successful in getting people to uh, go online and and uh, and find out if you indeed are holding some money, and then uh, make sure that they get it. So let's talk a little bit about that again, and also give us instructions on exactly how people can check to see if indeed you're holding some money that that you'd love to return to them. Well, just another valuable reason to listen to newsmakers is not only to get actually informed about these all these important topics of inflation and and interest rates and fraud and pension and prescription drug prices, but uh, also it can be very valuable to your listeners to, to take your advice that you just gave and go to nccash.com uh, very quickly. They should look up their name, maiden kids, parents, little league baseball team, Girl Scouts, Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club. Uh, we I signed one check this year for $1.7 million to a business. Really? Yes. $1.7 million to one person? Million. Wow. Million. Were they happy? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and actually, <laughs> I, I signed I signed two $1.7 million checks this year, too. Uh, one was to a couple and the other one was to a business. And uh, and they were happy. And, uh, you know, the the official word for this, for the lawyers that are listening, is the cheats fund. But since I used to stutter, I'm advised not to use that word too often in a sentence. Uh, but it's called the unclaimed property. And there's four very, very important things that people need to know. One is the money stays there forever. Number two, uh, there's no charge to make a claim. Number three, uh, there's no charge to look up your name or any of these other names. And I said this to a 16-year-old the other day, and uh, he was on his uh, his cell phone uh, during my speech. And I said, won't you look up your, your teacher's name and your principal's name? And uh, the teacher had money sitting at nccash.com. Uh, and um, and then lastly, because I know we have some newsmaker uh, listeners who have lived in other states, a lady stopped me in Brevard the other day. Uh, she didn't find anything at nccash.com, but she took this advice uh, after listening to one of your stations out west, and she found $8,000 in Michigan. So uh, it's just a fun thing to do. And uh, 
Uh, you can just look up anybody that you want. It's all public record. And uh, I was uh, speaking to the Farm Bureau a couple of three nights ago in Goldsboro. And while I was speaking to the Farm Bureau, uh, a person said that they had found, they looked the, uh, three years ago and had not found any money. And then uh, while I was sitting with them after we got through with my speech, they had four entries in nccash.com. So just in the last four years, we've taken in almost another billion. That's a billion with a B dollars in nccash.com. So if you've looked once, you should, well, if you looked once, you should go back and look again. Every time I've gone along, uh, either through the company or my, my personal, I found uh, some amounts, but I've also been able to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, and that's my cell phone. I didn't put it on hold. Uh, uh, but I've also found money for almost all of my relatives at one time or another, almost every one of them. So it is something that's well worth time. And also you can look up your employees and uh, they're delighted because uh, any money that they get, of course, this is tax-free money on top of everything else. Yeah. And I spoke, whether it's the Clerks of Court Association, the Sheriff's Association or Register of Deeds Association, it's, or any business I've talked to, it's a, it's a fun staff meeting um, or the CSRs who work for Farm Bureau, the agents for Farm Bureau. You know, you know, in sales, nothing, people don't care what you know till they know that you care. And there's no- yeah, give, us that, uh, give us that website address again one more time. NCCash.com and uh, they can just look up the name of any particular prospect and see if they've got money sitting there. That sounds great. Dale Falwell, the North Carolina State Treasurer is our guest. We have one final segment. We're going to talk about his uh, uh, responsibility as far as earning money with the money that is in the pension plan that uh, that is so so important to uh, the state of North Carolina and also our bond uh, revenues and so forth. And we'll do that when we return with the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> And now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. And welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers for this week. Our guest is Dale Falwell, the State Treasurer of North Carolina. And uh, we've talked about all sorts of things that involve spending money throughout the program and the economy and 
uh, also uh, unclaimed cash and some other things. But now let's talk about the uh, other and perhaps one of the most important things that the state treasurer does, and that is invest the money that is in the pension plan, which uh, is a, a huge responsibility. Well, it's interesting that uh, when you have a change in the economy and interest rates go up, what was a great investment uh, two years ago is is not something that you're looking for today. How have you managed this transition where interest rates are going up, which means bonds pay more? Well, that's exactly right. And uh, uh, like everything I've said in the previous segments, and I hope your listeners will go back and uh, listen to some of those online there's a lot of important information. And, you know, I always talk about watching the pennies and the paper clips. I did pay the power bill. So let me snap my fingers. So the lights come back on in here. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I'm standing on the shoulders of uh, the hardworking people at the investment management division uh, and uh, who have put us in a position to have the most efficient pension plan in North America for the second year in a row. And we also have one of the most conservatively managed pension plans. And Don and your listeners just remember just a few short years ago, you know, they were earning a half percent on certificates of deposits. And now some of those CDs are yielding five and 6%. And that is those higher interest rates are terrible for people who want to invest in their mines or their homes or their businesses. Uh, that's terrible for the economy, but higher interest rates does provide a little bit of a tailwind uh, to our pension portfolio, especially when stocks have been underperforming again this year. Uh, so we are very conservatively managed. We have billions of dollars in real estate uh, that we're keeping a close eye on. Most of that is real estate I inherited uh, from the previous treasurer because a lot of these investments are 10 to 15 years in nature, as you know. Uh, on top of that, we have alternative investments and in private equity, and we have an internally managed index fund. This is something that I just applaud the people in the investment management division. When I came on board in January of 2017, they had been working on this for a number of months, if not years. And, you know, they stood this internal index fund up uh, very quickly about how, by October of that year. And so I'm very proud of them because we're managing, you know, $15 billion in that uh, pension, in that internal index fund for a little over a million and a half dollars of total expenses. And so, uh, the pension plan, uh, we'd like to see more performance out of it, but given where what's have happened to stock values this year and what's happened to bond values, uh, we're we're I'm very I feel very comfortable that we remain. And other people who look at our pension plan have uh, acknowledged uh, that as far as the return that we're getting out of our pension plan versus the risk that we're taking, uh, that. You know, a round of applause is due to all the hardworking people in our investment management division. And I wanted to say uh, a longevity standpoint, from a longevity standpoint, Don, uh, one of our co-chief investment officers, hard for you to believe this, he worked for Harlan Bowles, Treasure Moore, Treasure Cowell, and myself. I mean, that's the type of longevity that you need in a pension plan this large. I used to say, if people want to know why I act the way I do, my wife, Cynthia, has since corrected me because she said, I've known you since 1986 and you acted that way then. Uh, but so let me rephrase that, Jason. If you want to know why I talk the way I do and say the things I say is that this pension plan is very important. And the pension plan itself, to put this in context, is four 
times larger than the state budget. Just the pension plan. It's the 27th largest pool of public money in the world, and it only represents half of what we do at the Treasurer's Office. And uh, what's about $120 billion? Is that the amount that's uh, in the pension plan now? It's, Where is it's $111 billion as of this morning. And, of course, this is the money that uh, is invested to uh, ensure the pensions of some 950,000 teachers and firefighters and public employees. And so it is important to a lot of people in the state of North Carolina. So uh, let's let's get back now and talk a little bit about the state bond rating. I think you said earlier, if I'm not mistaken, you said earlier that this is the first time that you can remember that uh, our bond rating is actually higher than the federal government's bond rating. Well, that's exactly right. And, and you know, good for us, but sad for our country. Uh, uh, you know, we've had, we have, we're one of 13 states who's been able to maintain the triple, triple, triple A bond rating. Um, and your listeners may say, why should, why should they care about that? Well, I hope they don't wake up in the morning thinking about bond ratings. If they do, they should get a life. But they probably do think about the sanitation grade of the restaurants they're going into in the next few minutes. Uh, they think about their personal credit score. A bond rating to them, a credit score, I mean, I mean, a credit score to them and a sanitation grade to them is equivalent to a bond rating uh, to us. It's a sign of quality. So being in a state that has a AAA bond rating is very good for our municipalities. It doesn't mean that the state, the city government or the county government gets a, a AAA bond rating just because we have one. But it's nice to be in a state that is actually balancing its budget, living within its means. And part of our bond rating is based on the fact that uh, we're in the process of doing something that's uh, is unheard of. And that is that, uh, that we are in the process uh, of paying off 60, not six, but six zero, 60% of the state general obligation debt. Why do I say general obligation debt? Because your listeners, these are this is debt that they have approved through ballot initiatives. Uh, so state op, uh, operation, state general obligation debt, we're in the process of retiring 60% of that. And I get a lot of calls from state treasurers and so they, you know, uh, Dale, what are you doing in this high interest rate environment? We're having to borrow money and pay these higher interest rates on our debt. And we're actually investing money in these high interest rates and paying off our debt. And uh, this is a one reason I believe that North Carolina just got designated back to back number one for business outlook and business activity. And Don, you've been such a great corporate partner in our, our state for so many years. But just imagine not being here. Just imagine being Cedar Fair or or uh, Six Flags, for example, who just announced a merger and they're coming to Charlotte, North Carolina. And just imagine somebody like a CPA like myself coming to you as the CEO when you're trying to decide which state to take your business to. And you say, well, North Carolina's debt is going down 60 percent. And you say back to me, well, what other states doing that? And my answer is none. Even uh uh, Governor DeSantis brags about a 25% reduction in his state debt. Ours is 60. Uh, number two, uh, uh, I come to you and say, and, and then you ask me about corporate income taxes. Uh, the corporate income tax in North Carolina is being eliminated. I believe we're the first state who has had a corporate income tax to actually eliminate it. Uh, and these are just examples of 
figuring out what's right, getting it right, and keeping it right, and and watching the pennies and the paper clips. And I was so honored recently. Uh, I wasn't expecting this, but it came out in Governing Magazine uh, earlier this week. Uh, there was an article in the headline said uh, when it when it Washington D.C. needs to look to these three Americans uh, to figure out how to do things. And I was honored. I'd never interviewed with these folks before, and I was honored to be one of those three. Uh, the other two were the governors of South Dakota and, and Tennessee. And my point is, is that all these things that I talk about, most of the things I'm sharing with all of your listeners is optimistic, but it's really important for them to understand that I'm standing on the shoulders of so many public service employees and that God gave me the ability to see what needs to be seen has given us the ability to be humble for what needs to be heard and the courage to act on what needs to be done, whether it's pension fraud, disability fraud, healthcare fraud, or watching the pennies and the paper clips. It's just a culture and a mindset. Well, getting back to the uh, state bond rating, what that essentially means to everyone is that when we do borrow money, uh, we're paying less interest than a state with uh, a, a poor bond rating. And that uh, over the life of the, of the loan saves billions of dollars. And that's why it's so important. And our bond rating has always been, uh, and North Carolina has always been good, but now actually better than the federal government, which speaks so well for the folks at the General Assembly, the governor's office, and your office, and all of our uh, employees and uh, associates in, in state government, because it uh, means that uh, we're managing our business well. And let's not forget, the employers and taxpayers, because it, it all starts with the employers and the taxpayers and their compliance. And of course, it shows off in uh, getting new uh, big uh, big announcements about people coming to the state, bringing in uh, thousands of new workers. And of course, we talk about the big announcements very often, but there's a lot of small businesses being formed and uh, they have a habit of becoming large businesses. Uh, just like Curtis Media, and uh, uh, you're exactly right. I don't know what the latest statistic is, Don. You're more familiar with that than I am, but uh, you know, I, I suspect it's over eighty uh, percent of all the job creation is coming from businesses that have less than fifty employees. That's uh, generally the information that I get, and of course, in a period of inflation and recession, and all the things that we've been dealing with during the last year. All of this is basically good news for the citizens of North Carolina. Even when there was talk of recession, all the economists were saying, well, if there's a recession, it's not going to be much in North Carolina. And uh, because of the good management that uh, you and the others who, uh, who are managing our funds have taken care of. Uh, Dale, uh, what's the number one thing? You've got about a minute hit and a half here. What's uh, on the top of your list to, to accomplish during the next uh, next month or so? Well, we just got through open enrollment in the next month. Uh, uh, just want to uh, uh, do everything I can to push the power away from me as the state treasurer and give it to the people, the smart people of the treasurer's office uh, who, who, you know, keep us in the check delivery business. Uh, secondly, to continue to attack these issues. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but UNC Healthcare and and ECU are trying to divorce themselves from the state health plan and the state pension plan, leaving over a billion and a half dollars worth of liabilities for all the other state agencies to pay. 
we have an obligation to make sure that doesn't exist. You can't have five people in a restaurant and one of them runs up a big tab and then walks out and leaves the field with everybody else. And so uh, that's just an example of some of the things that we're going to be facing and and trying to get some uh, reasonableness and and hopefully keep from being gouged uh, regarding this weight loss drug. Yeah, you mentioned the weight loss drug. If folks, you didn't hear that in the first segment, you need to go back and listen to it because it's frightening how much that could cost everyone. Well, our guest has been Dale Falwell, and as always, you've brought us up to date on what's happening in the Treasurer's Office, not only on what's going out, but what's coming in. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, uh, you can go online to the Carolina Newsmakers and do so. And for those who are listening to the half-hour version of the program, you can hear the two segments that you missed. We will be back again next week. Uh, our producer, Jason Kong, tells me we'll have another interesting guest, and we'll look forward to seeing you then. So until next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.